You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? It's amazing how there's so much available to the body of Christ, but you have to understand you have to come after him. And there's something about God that God wants to be sought after. Amen? God wants to be sought after. So that, that you even being here tonight, make no mistake about it, it does not go unnoticed with God. Because hunger is an action. Amen? You don't tell God you're hungry, you show him you're hungry. Amen? Don't tell, don't tell your pastor you're hungry, show him you're hungry. Amen? Because hunger always has action. And, and so don't think that, you know, you being here tonight goes unnoticed. But also, don't think those that are not here goes unnoticed. Because there will be many times people, you know, they, 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 want, they want God, but they want God in their own um, place of comfort. And here's the thing I've learned about God. I don't know a lot, but I can't. There's a lot of things I can't teach you, but I can teach you and show you how to have an encounter with God. But I will tell you this about God, is that God never meets you at your place of comfort, but He always meets you at your place of sacrifice. And you look in the Word of God, you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Listen to me, you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Out of 19 individuals in the, in, in the Word of God that received a miracle... 12 of the 19, the Bible specifically zeroes in on the fact that it was their faith that made them whole. It was their faith that made them whole. I mean, and you can look at blind Bartimaeus. You can look at the, the lepers. You can look at the man let down from the roof. You can look at the woman with the issue of blood. It was their faith that made them whole. Matter of fact, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus didn't even touch her. I mean, Jesus was walking with Jairus, whose daughter had, was at the point of death. And by the time Jesus got there, she died. And blind bar, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she heard of Jesus. And the Bible says that she came through the press. First off, she broke the law. Because uh, under, under Jewish law, anyone that was considered unclean was not allowed in the city. And if they came into the city, by law, they was to be stoned on the spot. And Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue, and he had the, he had the power to have her stoned on the spot. Not only that, she was interrupting the fact that Jesus is going to his daughter who's dying. But you got to get like the woman this issue of blood. you gotta, you got to abandon everything. you got to come after God with everything. Amen? And that means forget about your sleep. Forget about how long the meetings go. You know, people, well, how long is the meetings going to go? We start at 7. Well, how long are they going to last? We start at 7. <laughs> That's what I can tell you tonight. <laughs> Amen? Who cares? Forget about this thing. It means nothing. What's more important? You having an encounter with God or your sleep? Well, I got to work in the morning. Everybody's got to work in the morning. 
Amen? I mean, it's amazing, and I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just telling you excuses people make. But yet God said, if you come after me, you'll find me. Amen? The woman this issue of blood, she pressed through, she pressed through, and she touched his garment. Jesus' back was to her. The Bible says there was multitudes thronging Jesus. That means there was thousands of people, because the Bible said he fed the multitudes, where well, that was at least 10, 20,000. Jesus was famous. Every city Jesus would go into, everywhere he went, the, the, the Bible says that his fame spread abroad. They'd lay the sick in the streets because they heard Jesus was coming. Why? So they could touch his garment and be made whole. That's why the Bible says there was so much that Jesus did in, in three and a half years of ministry that there's not enough room to contain the books. It'd be written about everything he did. That's why when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do you realize in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 85% of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the last 28 days of Jesus' life. That's why, that's why the Bible says there's, there was so much they did. I mean, he, he stopped a funeral procession and raised, uh, 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 raised a mama's child from the dead. Understand, it was God, Jesus was God in the flesh. Come to the earth that he created with his words through faith. And he walked amongst his own. And the Bible says his own received him not. But he was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he showed us the will of God. He demonstrated the glory of God. He demonstrated the will of God. And the Bible says we beheld his glory. But yet he also told us things. And shared with us things how the kingdom of God operates. Because there's two worlds. There's, the, there's, 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 there's this, the world we live in. There's the system of the world that we live in. And there's the kingdom of God which we're of. There's the system of God, which we're of. Amen? We're not of this world. We're just passing through. There's, there's nothing in this world. There's absolutely nothing in this world that should have a hold on us. Amen? Amen? And you can tell if it's got a hold on you. It controls you. Amen? Even when it comes to things. And that's why, listen, we are revivalists. We bring revival. And when revival comes, it comes, whew, it comes to every area of life. Amen? It comes to your spiritual walk with God. It comes to your body. It comes to your finances. It comes to your business. It comes to every area of your life. Amen? We are not of this world. We are born of God. His nature is on the inside of us. The Bible says that have you been washed in the blood of Jesus, made Jesus the Lord of your life? The Bible says you are a brand new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. You, 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 you died when you got saved. You're a brand new person. Amen. Therefore, our first priority is to seek first the kingdom of God. Our priority is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. Amen? Amen? And to be about his business. Amen. Amen? That's why today Pastor took me around and we, we had lunch and took me around the city and showed me the city and and uh, he's talking about how, just how, how you all do outreaches every week, which is, to me, that just, that just, that thrills my heart because most churches don't. 
Amen? Most churches don't. Do you, do, you, do you know the average church on a whole, when you put all the churches together, do you know the average church gets two people saved a year? And that's why when he said that every Saturday they're out evangelizing. You show me a church that goes after the lost, and I'll show you a church that will never like anything. You show me a church that goes after the lost, you show me a ministry that puts God first, I show you a ministry that, and a church that never like anything. You show me an individual that puts God first, according to, and, and, and just live Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and I'll show you an individual who want for nothing. Because the Bible does say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Why? Because you don't have need of anything. I can hear people, I can, not here in this church, but I can hear people and well, is he one of those prosperity guys? No, I'm not a prosperity guy. I'm a prosperity, 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 super prosperity guy. <laughs> I'm extreme prosperity guy. Amen? I mean, if you can show me in the, I can, do you know, I can show you in the Bible God wants everybody wealthy. Not only does he want everybody wealthy, he paid the price for everybody to be wealthy. Amen? I mean, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he should not depart. That means your children are going to serve God all their days. Amen? All their days. That's why you need to pray over your kids every night. Amen? Before they go to bed. I don't care if they are 16, 17, 18 years old. If they're living in your house, you pray over them every night. Amen? That's your house. You determine what goes on. Nobody else. Amen? And even if you forget, go in there while they're sleeping and pray because their spirit's awake. And you, 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 come on, you speak the word over them. Tell them, all your days you're going to seek God. All your days you're going to have a heart that seeks God. All your days you're going to serve Him and walk with Him. You'll never, know the, you'll never know the world. You'll only know the kingdom of God. You'll never know wickedness. You'll only know righteousness all the days of your life. You'll never struggle. You'll never know poverty. But you'll only know the blessing of the Lord all the days of your life. Amen. Amen. Train up a child in the way he should go. How many knew that verse was in the Bible? But let me ask you a question. How many can quote the next verse? The next verse says, the rich shall rule over the poor, and he who is a borrower is a servant to the lender. Very next verse. How many know God didn't write the Bible in chapter and verse? What's God telling us? Train up our children in the way of God. Well, what is the way of God? Train your children, teach your children to be rich, not poor. Amen? But so many people struggle in that area. And we're going to just knock the thing in the head. Because this church, I believe this church and your pastor is going to shake this city. Listen, I believe with all of my heart, this is not just a city church. This is a nation's church. Amen. Where the nations of the world shall be affected. The nations of the world shall be reached. Because one thing I do know about, I love your pastor's hunger. But one thing I do know about, about, about God, you show me a person that's hungry and I'll show you a man that'll shake nations. You show me a person that's hungry, and I'll show you a man that, that, that God will get the supernatural to him and do supernatural things through him. I'll show you a man that lives and walks in the impossible. I'll show you a man that walks in the favor of God. I'll show you a man that the world will be jealous of. 
Amen? Because understand, you've got to understand what kingdom you're of. And I was telling, the, the, I did a conference yes, uh, last week, had a great conference in Carolina, and I was, I was telling the people that, you know, I, I'm so beyond debating or arguing with people, you know, because people, I don't know about that prosperity, you know, those prosperity gospel, so there's no such thing as prosperity gospel, it's the gospel. When you can show me a scripture where God rebukes wealth, then I'll stop. But I'll never stop because you can't show me one. Do you know everything God's ever been against, He's let us know. Everything that was a virtue, God's told us. He never one time said poverty's a virtue. Come on. If prosperity is so bad, how come it wasn't one of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not have prosperity. Just asking for a friend. Amen? But I can show you, I can show you scripture. Do you know when God says something over and over and over and over and over again, there's, there's a reason? Amen? How, how many of you have told your kids over and over and over again, clean your room? <laughs> Why? Because you went in there and there's science projects growing. <laughs> clean your room. Amen. <laughs> wow, but that was your will for them. Clean your room. And when God says something over and over and over, there's a reason. There's something He wants us to know about. And that's why you go through the scriptures, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, excuse me, from Genesis to Revelation. And one thing you'll see God saying all the time is how good He is. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Amen. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Psalms 33, taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants you to taste of His goodness. You know, when you taste of goodness, you're not tasting of poverty. When you taste of goodness, you're not tasting of sorrow. Amen? That's how you can tell if, if, if somebody's hands got them blessing or God's hands got you blessing. Because the Bible says that the Lord makes us rich and He adds no sorrow to it. If you got sorrow to your wealth, God didn't give it to you. Well, you know, Brother Richard, life is hard. No, it's not. My Bible says the way of the backslider is hard. Amen? Not the way of the righteous. Are you kidding me? We're righteous. When we speak, things happen. When we pray, things happen. Amen? When we rebuke something on earth, it's rebuked in heaven. When we loose things on earth, it's loosed in heaven. Amen? The favor of God is about us. Goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. That means angels follow us all the days of our life. Everywhere you go, there's angels there. So what are you worried about? What are you fearing? Amen? There's nothing to fear. Oh, you know what I fear? I, I fear that, I won't, that I'm going to miss out. That's what you should fear. Fear that you don't miss out. But I promise you, if you're hungry for God, you won't miss out on anything that comes from heaven. Amen? So God's always told us, when God says something over and over and over, there's a reason. Do you know there's over 500 scriptures on prayer? How many know it's important to pray? Do you, do you, do you, do you know... 
there's over 500 scriptures on healing. But you realize there's over 2,000 scriptures on prosperity? 2,000. That's a lot. God talked more about prosperity and money than he did anything else. Why? Because there was going to be such an issue on the earth. Because pe- most people have a poverty mentality. I remember I had a guy one time. This is not my message. I'm just, just, just introduction. Hallelujah. We, who knows what we'll do. We just, we just flow with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We start at seven. Thank you. <laughs> Glad you're paying attention, brother. Hallelujah. But thank you. But, but, but I work alone. But thank you. Hallelujah. But <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a good time this week. Hallelujah. Some, some, some of you are going to be swinging from these. These rafters, hallelujah. <laughs> and it's usually the ones that you never expect, hallelujah. <laughs> I remember I had a guy, this has been a few years ago, but I had a guy come to me. I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Now I'm to the place, fine, be poor. I'm not, I don't have to, I'm not, matter of fact, God hasn't told me to convince anybody. And I don't have to explain God. I remember one time, years ago, especially during the height of the, you know, with revival and, you know, people didn't, I mean, people had a problem with joy. I mean, can, I mean talk, talk, talk about how dumb can you get and still breathe. People have a problem with joy. Well, they're going to have a big problem in heaven. Amen. People have a problem with joy. That, that tells me that's one of the fruits they don't have. Because the Bible says joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in His presence comes fullness of joy. But it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. So if you want God's strength, you're going to have to get God's joy. But in order to get God's joy, you've got to get in His presence. That's what the Bible says. Amen? And so I, I remember I, 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 this was me. This wasn't the Lord. This wasn't the Holy Ghost. This is Richard. You know, man can write out a sermon and then he's not even good for a day. But let God give you something, you'll preach it for a lifetime because there's life in it. It's anointed. Amen? When something's anointed, there's means there's life on it. And that means people will be blessed and touched and healed and set free and delivered. Amen? But I remember I, not Holy Ghost, not God, not Jesus, me, because I thought I got into this little season where I had to explain things. So I developed this, this message, how you can tell it's God, and I had seven points. They're all great points, great points. Great points, like what's the fruit? Who's getting the glory? What's it producing? Great points, because when God's present, something's going to be produced. I mean, you know, people are always going to be getting saved. Amen. People are going to be getting healed. You know, what's the joy? Well, what's the fruit? Well, people are added to the church. Amen? Who's getting the glory? Well, God's getting the glory. So I had these seven points. I remember one night I went to preach it, and the Lord said to me, I've not called you to explain me. I've called you to flow with me. Because the reality is God can explain himself. It's my job to preach the truth and to flow with him. It's your pastor's job to preach the truth and flow with him. 
It's not because you can't. You're not because we can't explain God unless we get unless you're unless you're, you receive by the Spirit. But most people want to figure out God from their head. You can't figure out God from your head. He's not a mind. He's a spirit. Amen. That's why you got to pray for people that revelation comes. Because when a revelation comes, then then it'd be even more real anyway than me explaining something. When you, I promise you, me telling you about God and you encountering God is a big difference. Amen? Me telling you about water and you drinking water is a big difference. Amen? Me telling you about that nice big 20-ounce T-bone steak and then you experiencing it and eating it yourself is a big difference. Amen? I don't want to explain anything. I want to get people in His presence. Amen? That's why we pray everywhere we go. That the Ephesians 1, with Paul's prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, He is the God of glory. Amen? He's not the God of misery. He's the God of glory. Amen? He's not the God that still kills and destroys. He's the God of life. He's the God of glory. Amen? He's the Lord that healeth thee. Amen? He's the one that gives you the power to get wealth. Amen. He's the one that takes your burden. He's the the one whose yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. He's the one that we can come and drink from the wells of living water. Oh, hallelujah. He's life. And we pray that prayer, and we prayed here for life in Christ church, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto every single one of us, every single one of you, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Amen? That the eyes of your understanding be opened. Not your natural eyes, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your spirit be opened. That you might see. When you see, you stop struggling, you stop fighting, you stop arguing. When you see... You stop debating when you see. Amen? There's nothing to debate. I want to to debate this joy. Nothing to debate. You know, the the Bible is very simple. God good, Satan bad. That's very simple. Joy good, depression bad. That's very simple. Healing good, Sickness bad. Lots of money good, no money bad. Amen. Amen. It's very simple. I remember I was in this this church. I hate to say it's from my own home, my own state, but did. I'd like to say it was Pennsylvania, but it wasn't. It's was, <laughs> it was Kentucky, from where I'm from. I was born and raised in Kentucky. I don't live there now. I've lived in Florida for oh, since '95, and this is my wife, by the way, honey. I'm sorry I should have said something sooner. This is my wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. And um, so we live in Florida, and it's uh, I think today's like 80, <laughs> 70 or 80, something like that. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) 
I remember Pastor came to pick me up today, and as soon as we walked outside, man, if I wasn't saved and sanctified, I'd have said something I shouldn't. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's cold. But I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I'll go all over the world. I've been to the Arctic. I've been to Siberia. I've been to Siberia twice. So I don't, I'm, I'm fine. I can do it. Uh, you know how I, you know how, how, how I can deal with it? Because I know I don't live in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but I actually lived in New York for a couple of years. Hallelujah. But anyway, so I was in Kentucky. And, and I hate to say it, it's my state. But I was in this church. And this lady got all mad. Which is regular. People get mad. And... Because people don't like the truth. They like bondage. It's amazing how people like bondage. It's a little pet. They stroke it. No, they like their bondage. Some people like it because others make, it makes others feel sorry for them. And uh, I saw this lady. She was in the meetings. I mean, she's in the meeting. She's got an attitude. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's fine. And since she made a scene, she stomped out. What's all? That's all flesh. That's all it is. That's flesh. And you know, if you, I mean, if you, if, I don't like, if you get upset, get mad, just nicely respect others. Put your stuff in your pocket and purse, and you know, gently, just sweetly, just walk out. She didn't do that. I'm, I remember thinking, what did I do? What did I say? Before you get so mad. And then the pastor saw her. He's like, man, that lady's been in the church, my church forever. What's she so mad about? Everybody knew she was mad. So the pastor went out, met her in the foyer, said, Miss So-and-so, what's, what's going on with you? She, you know, she said, she said, I want you to know, I'm never coming back to this church ever again as long as he's here. And he, so he's trying to think, what did I do what, to make her so mad? And he's like, couldn't thank me anything. He said, what did he do to make you so mad? You know what she said? She said, there's too much joy in this church. <laughs> she left because there was too much joy. Because people getting full of the Holy Ghost. People getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. She left because there's too much joy. That's a devil. So the pastor told me, so I just love having fun with especially religious people. So you know what I did? So the next night I said, ladies and gentlemen, we had a lady leave here last night because there's too much joy. <laughs> so I'm going to let you know ahead of time that tomorrow night we're going to have a special night of depression. I guarantee you, if I was to announce Thursday night's depression night, we're going to lay hands on everybody to receive depression. Nobody be here. Now, do you see how silly it is? But what's happened? It's, it's very simple. People are religious in their thinking. And they fight the truth. And here's what I find. I don't mind people getting upset, but just stay open. Because I have found this. For many people, sometimes people have to get angry first. Sometimes people got to get angry in their head in order for God to get to their heart. Because it's all about the heart. Amen? Amen? And when revival comes, it doesn't come to here, it comes to the heart. 
Because when God comes and does a work on the inside of you, God does a work through you. And every single one of you here, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what your age is, I don't care how hard you've had it in life or the mistakes you've made, God has a plan for every single one of you. No, God has a plan for every single one of you. Ah, Richard, Brother Richard, you don't know my life. No, 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 you just don't know his goodness. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, you don't know about his blood. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Hallelujah. <laughs> I borrowed that from a friend of mine. <laughs> Amen. I was telling Pastor Joe today. I mean, he's 34. He's, he ain't even entered the best years of his life yet. How many of you here are 60? You, you, you fall in between 60 and 70. Raise your hand. Well, I, I will in, by July. Raise your hand. Okay. Do you, realize, do you realize this is a fact? And this is how the world's gotten into the church and, and robbed the body of Christ. You can turn with, to me, by the way, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. <clears throat> there goes my glasses. Let me get rid of them things. <clears throat> Go with me to Jeremiah. This will be one of our foundation scriptures, foundational scriptures for this, um, for this week. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 29. But one of the, this is a study from, from a secular university. Secular. They've proved it out. That the most productive time of a man's life, when I say man, I'm talking about men and women. When, when the next, the most productive time of a person's life is between the ages of 60 and 70. That's the most productive time in life. The second most productive time is 70 to 80. The third most productive time is 50 to 60. So people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, not, not even the most productive time of their life. And you go and look it out. They did through studies. So if you're, if you're anywhere from 60 to 70, you're in the most productive time of your life. If you're 70, 80, you're in the third, second most productive time of life. But see, what does the world do? That's why I get the world out of your thinking. See, what does the world do? The world gets us to retire. See, the world focuses on retirement at, what, 62, 63, whatever, 65. See how the enemy operates? Just get us focused on retirement in the most productive time of our life. There's no retirement with God. We're to shake nations. Come on, that's our job as the church. We're to shake nations. We're to reap a harvest. Come on, church, we're to cast out devils. Amen? That's why I'm against counseling. God never told us to counsel devils. He told us to cast them out. Amen. Amen. I tell pastors all the time, I can, I can eliminate all counseling for you. Because when people come in your office and they want to be counseled, as soon as they come in, tell them, well, let's, let's go into counseling right now and get on your knees and pray in tongues for a half hour. When people find out they're going to, all you're going to do is have them pray in tongues, they'll stop coming. 
No, because they want everything band-aided. Amen? Or they want to get in the flesh and get the pastor to feel sorry for them. Do you know God? Do you know that doesn't move God? Doesn't move God at all. And we're going to get into it this week. What moves God? Your begging doesn't move God. Now, I'm really going to, you ready? I'm really going to get you thinking. Your need doesn't even move God. Where you are and what you're going in your life doesn't move God. Listen, if God was moved by needs, there'd be nobody poor in the world. Say it this way, if God was moved by needs, there'd be nobody hungry. But there's hungry people all over the world. Amen? Amen? Understand something about God, and I know your pastor. I know his background. I know what he teaches. God's not moved by our needs. God's only moved by faith. God's only moved by faith and our hunger for him. Only. Now, he'll meet your needs, but he's not moved by your needs. And yet, there's there's this, there is this, Way of thinking in the church. I like what, what um, Kenneth Hagin used to say. Or, is my, or is it him or Dr. Rodney Howe Brown. I can't remember. But used to make this statement that the majority of the church world is, is religiously brainwashed instead of Bible taught. And you think just people that fight you over money or people fight you over sickness or fight you over whatever. A lot of times, a lot of times it's a way of thinking. And the way you're thinking will rob you because you're thinking, understand something, whatever you think, you talk. And whatever you talk, you establish a law by your words. Every one of us right now in this room, we are where we are because of, of the way we think, how we talk, and how we sow seed. Every one of us. That's why you got to watch what you. That's gotta, why you got to watch your words, watch your talking. Amen. Because your words will rule you. Do you realize every time you talk, every time you open up your mouth? Every word you speak, you either give access to the kingdom of God or you give access to the kingdom of darkness. Don't even joke about it. Amen. People get up, well, because I'm getting older, because it's just I'm getting that old age aches. You will. Let me go over this side of the church. No, it's a fact. Amen. But there's this there's this statement, and especially in the South where I'm from, you know, we got words that you know. Even my wife, you know, she she my wife was born and raised in Philly. She's a Philly girl. She said, "You're looking you're looking at a Philly," and she got the Philly attitude too. <laughs> 
Don't get on her bad side. No, she don't have a bad side. But she was born and raised in Philly. Then, then I think 13, they left and moved to California. But, um, so, I mean, even her sometimes, like with my, you know, I got them. And I've lost a lot of my southern draw just from all the places we've been in, just Florida. But, you know, we, there's certain sayings. I mean, like in, in the south, I mean, we call them skeeters. Yeah, mosquitoes, skeeters. Get them skeeters, man. <laughs> you better watch it. Them, ske- them skeeters love me, man. I got that sweet blood. Or you, or where you going, Summers? What, Summers? Somewheres. <laughs> you gotta be a southerner. <laughs> And there's, and, and, there, and I, I don't know if, <laughs> he, pastor stuck on Skeeters. <laughs> oh, you come down south, we got some Skeeters, my goodness. Suck your blood, hallelujah. <laughs> That's one of the things when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord, why'd you make mosquitoes? Why, why, why? Why'd you make skeeters? <laughs> but there's a way of thinking, especially in the South, but I find it's all over. Wherever there's religion. And it's this, here's the thinking. And it's robbed so many people. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, He'll give it to me. If the Lord wants me blessed, I'll be blessed. If the Lord wants me prosperous, I'd be prosperous. If the Lord wants me to have a child, I'll have a child. If the Lord wants me to have that home, then I'll have a home. If the Lord wants me to have that job, I'll have that job. If the Lord wants this, the Lord wants that, if the Lord wants this, then I don't have it. And that's how many people live their life. But unfortunately, it's so wrong that it's robbed many people. Because first off, how many's ever heard that before? Well, the Lord, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. I mean, I've had, I've, I've, I've played golf with people or been some people and, 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 and I'm like, hey, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. But the Lord wills. Shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Lord wills. That's a religious thing. And, and, and understand, once you yield to religion in one area, it's like a Pandora's box. That's all. It, it, it comes in every way. Yeah. It starts getting in your thinking when it comes to finances. It starts getting in your thinking when it comes to healing your body. It comes to your thinking when, when it raises your kids, when it goes to church. Yeah. Every area. Amen. Amen? Well, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wants it, I'll have it, Brother Richard. And it's amazing that people think that way. Some of you might have grew up in a church that that's how you thought. But isn't it amazing we didn't get saved that way? You wasn't just sitting in your chair, you know, all of a sudden and then poof, you got saved. No, 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 no. You had to hear. Come on, you had to hear and then you had to do something. See, the problem with that kind of thinking, well, if the Lord wills, that'll happen. See, the problem with that kind of thinking is that that puts all, listen, that puts all the focus and all the effort on God and none on you. That's God doing everything and you don't have to do nothing. 
I mean, you can just live your life and do whatever you want to do. And if God wills, like magically, it's going to happen. That's not how the kingdom of God operates, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, life in Christ church. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. There's keys to the kingdom. There's spiritual laws. I mean, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that faith is, uh, there's the law of faith. The Bible talks about, in Galatians 3, the Bible, I mean, I'm sorry, that was Romans 3. In Galatians 3, the Bible talks about the law of sowing and reaping. Romans chapter 8, the Bible talks about the law of life. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Amen? So we have to understand there's laws and there's keys to the kingdom. And one of the keys to the kingdom is giving. See, because the world says save. That's not what God says. God says release. God says so. Matter of fact, the Bible says if you hoard, it'll lead to poverty. Amen? But the Bible says give. And I'm not going to receive the offering right now. I'm going to do something. We usually receive it at the beginning, but I'm going to receive it at the end, which is dangerous. Usually if we wait to the end, we never get anything. Because <laughs> everybody's on the floor. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to be a pickpocket, so. <laughs> but the Bible says give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure. Press down, shake together, and run it over. I like the running over part. Amen. I like Psalms 23, your cup shall overflow. Run over. I like the running over. Amen. It's time for your cup to run over. Come on, it's time for every single one of you. It's time for your cup to run over. It's time that your life is a running over life. I mean, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about every area of life. See, oftentimes when, when talking about prosperity, everybody will focus on money. But oh, there's so much more to prosperity than, than that green stuff you hold in your hand. Amen? I mean, along with, listen, along with prosperity comes something called favor. Favor can take you where money can never take you. Amen? Oh, the favor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my, my, I can feel it already. Hallelujah. I can feel it already. I can tell you right now. Oh, my rasa kele la brosta. There's going to be a lot of, you better get ready right now. There's going to be a lot of people going to get very jealous of you. Hallelujah. Very jealous. I mean, I'm jealous of that beard, but I mean, oh, beard, very je- <laughs> I mean, very jealous. <laughs> I would grow one, but my wife don't want me to have one. She likes it. Besides that, it, it's, 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 mine's white. It adds years to me. And I got this spot right there, it won't grow, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 what am I doing? I'm thinking I'm getting drunk myself and talking about beards.
Oh, but prosperity comes in so many ways. Don't even argue with people. Wow, you know, you believe in that prosperity? Well, fine. You don't have to. You don't have to believe in it. Stay poor. Go live under a bridge. I'll bring you some Chick-fil-A every once in a while. It's fine. (laughs) Do you know belief is a choice? Belief is a choice. People say, well, I don't believe in that. No, no, no. The proper thing to say is I choose not to believe in it. Because belief is a choice. Whatever you believe in your life is because you've chosen to believe it. Amen? I remember I was sitting on the airplane next to this atheist. The lady was an atheist and I had my Bible out. And you know, she had to make a point. She was nice, but she had made the point that she didn't believe in God. So I had to obviously make a point how she's an idiot. No, because that's what the Bible says. No, no, the Bible says if you don't believe in God, you're a fool. I was being nice. God's stronger than I am. And I said, I, I, I said to her, I said, ma'am, I said, you don't believe in God because you chose not to. Because you can't prove there's no God. Actually, you can't prove there's no God, so that makes you agnostic. That means maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But I can prove there's a God. I can pray for you. You feel his power. Amen? Come on. Belief is a choice. I said to her, I said, you know what? If If there's no heaven, there's no hell, guess what? You know what? And this plane goes down, we're both okay. But guess what? If there is a heaven and there is a hell, when this plane goes down... I'm still okay, but you're in big trouble. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, belief is a choice. Whatever you believe in your life, it's because you chose to believe. Everything you take in life is a choice. I'm just quoting scripture to you. I just didn't tell you the chapter and verse. Because the Bible says, I've set before you life and I set before you death. The Bible says, but you, actually God gives us a little hint. He says, but choose life. Notice who does the choosing. We do. do. But he also, you keep on reading, he also says, I've set before you prosperity, I've set before you curses. It's all a choice. It's our choice. No, it's our choice. Getting saved, this is a decision you made. It's a choice that you made. Amen? What you do from here on out is a decision you make tonight. Living in the past is a choice. Actually, it's, it's, it's a choice, but it's also, it also reveals a lack of knowledge. What do you mean, Brother Richard? Because understand, when, when, when you're born again, and when you come to, into the revelation that you are a brand new creation, you don't have a past. When you come into an understanding that through Jesus' righteousness, he made you righteous. And the moment God declared us righteous, Jesus was raised from the dead out of hell. And therefore, because of our righteousness, because we have his righteousness, that's why the Bible says in the just, or that same word just is the word righteous, shall live by faith. 
That's the way of the that's the way. Faith is the way of the righteous. Amen? Amen. Faith is the way of the righteous. Faith is how we live. And when you understand that you're righteous, you understand that your past or even your mistakes as a Christian doesn't doesn't hold you back. Why? Because of God's goodness and mercy. Doesn't mean that you purposely do it, but understand the Bible, God, don't you think God knew that we'd make mistakes? That's why he said, if any man sin, come to him. Come to him and he'll and repent and he'll forgive us. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Come on. That's what the Bible says. But people, but people like to live in their past. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, you choose, you choose to live there. And what happens when you live there, it brings shame and it brings guilt. And then you don't even, then, then you don't even pray anymore because you, you, in your mind, because there's such shame and there's such guilt and you've messed up so bad, God won't even hear you. And that's just a ploy and that's just a trick of the enemy. That's just a lack of understanding of knowing that you are righteous. That you are one with God. Amen? That you're one. Do you, do you realize we are one with God? That we are a brand new creation. We're one with God. That's why the Bible says we can come boldly into the throne of God. And when we come to God, when we come to His throne, we don't come as children. Come on, I'm sorry. We don't come as servants. We come as children. Because we come, we come with His life. We come washed. Excuse me, I'm in Pennsylvania. Watched. I can't even say it. We come worse in his blood. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Amen? Washed in his blood. Washed in his blood. A brand new creation. Washed in his blood. Let me say washed. Oh, here you go. <laughs> I've tried to say the other thing, I can't. I'm going to try. Washed, washed. <laughs> I, was, I was doing a conference in. In Ukraine, Kiev, Ukraine, with Pastor Henry Madava, it's like, I don't know, 5,000 people there. And I gave an altar call. We had almost 300 people. That's 250, I think, 260, gave their life to Jesus. And as I was, and you have to have an interpreter, you know. And as I was going through the prayer, and I came to the part where I said, Lord, wash me in your blood. And my interpreter goes, What? <laughs> I said, You know, wash in the blood. What? I don't know that word. I said, like, washed, washed. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> I already feel like, I already feel like this is like, we've been here like five nights, and this is like Friday night of the revival, hallelujah. You just feel it here in the house. I tell you, the presence of God is here. The atmosphere is charged and ready. Hallelujah. 
Amen? That's why I said get your, get your mind off the time. That means nothing. How long the service goes doesn't mean anything. Trust me, we're just going to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's all about following the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's amazing. People don't ask when they go to a football game, well, how long is this game going to be? No, it's at least four hours. I just can't sit. People just can't sit that long. No, no, yes, they can. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's amazing how we listen to backslidden people. Jeremiah chapter 29. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for this week. Lord, we thank you that you've ordained this week. Father, I thank you in the name that's above every name, that every heart is open, every ear is open. Father, I thank you in the name that's above every name, that the precious Holy Spirit that's in this house, that he walks up and down each aisle and in between each row, touching every individual here tonight that's hungry and thirsty for you. Thank you that your word becomes alive. Lord, let the fire of heaven fall in this house. Lord, you said that when you come, you would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Father, I thank you that everyone here will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Everyone here will be baptized in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I thank you for what you do in this church this week and what you do, Father, through this church this year, next year, the next 10 years. Lord, let your presence just rest upon this house. I just feel a spirit of prosperity resting upon this house. A spirit of glory. People are going to begin to walk in, and they don't even have to have hands laid upon them. They just walk into the church, walk right into his presence, and be healed. In the name of Jesus. Father, you be glorified. Lord, I yield my tongue to you. Lord, whatever you want. So, me, Lord, these are your meetings, not mine. Do whatever you want, Lord. We yield to you in all of our ways, and we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I feel it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we, you know, I've had meetings over the years to where that people driving by and they see a fire on the roof. I remember in 1993, I believe it was, 94, maybe 95, I, f- I flew to uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Roddy was in a revival there with, at, um, at, uh, with Pastor Bob Nichols. And um, Pastor Bob got up, I think it's like the fourth, fifth week, Pastor Bob got, had to go use the restroom. So he gets up and he walks out, walks out to the side and walks to the back. And he decided to step outside for a minute, and he saw all these fire trucks with the sirens on and everything pulling and pulling into the pulling into the parking lot. The firemen jump off the truck; they all had their axes and they had their fire garb on and everything on their hats, everything. And and fire chief said, "Where's the fire?" And Pastor Bob said, "Excuse me, what's going on?" He, no, no. He, and the fire chief said, "We've had hundreds of calls, people driving by and reporting that the roof's on fire." You know, they, they obviously just, they check the roof and everything and 
Come back, said, there's no fire here. What's going on? Pastor, you know, Pastor Bob said, he said, there is a fire here. There's <laughs> not the fire you're used to. Hallelujah. It's Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That can happen here. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, people are going to start coming for many reasons. They're going to come because, they, because the, the word is, is getting out. They're going to come because go to Life in Christ Church, you'll be healed. Amen. Go to Life in Christ Church, you'll be set free. Amen. Go to Life in Christ Church, and you'll find out what true Christianity is, not religion. Amen. Go to Life in Christ Church, and you'll find out how to become prosperous. Amen. Amen. And I want to say it again. Prosperity is not just money. Amen? But you know, the Bible does say, the Bible does say that we are to leave an inheritance to our kids and our kids' kids. You can't do that if you're poor. But the Bible does say, if God's such against prosperity, how come God said He's laid up the, the, the wealth of the wicked for the just? Then God's going against Himself. Amen? Now, we want to just knock that devil in the head. Because I don't want there to be anything lingering. <laughs> Amen? Because it's impossible, it's impossible to do the work of God poor. Or it's impossible to do the work of God just barely making it. See, the world, you know what the world's answer is? We'll just work harder. That's not God's answer. And I'll say, this, I'll say it all the time. I mean, I know people, I'm sure some of you do. Maybe, some, maybe you are one. But I know people that are good people. I mean, good people. Yeah. I have family members that are good people. Yeah. They work two and three jobs. Yeah. They're just barely making it. So you can't say working harder is the answer. Yeah. So what's the answer? The blessing of the Lord. Amen. The blessing of the Lord. Amen. But most people don't know how to get the blessing of the Lord. Because, but listen, if, if you believe, listen, I, I, I have a pulse on the church world. I live in church. I mean, I, 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 I'm all over the world. If you believe in healing and miracles, you're in the minority when it comes to the church world. If you believe in the supernatural, you're in the minority minority of the minority. If you believe in wealth and prosperity, you're in the minority minority of the minority. No, that's a fact. So many people fight this subject, but yet they're okay with the world living out their inheritance. I don't want the world living my inheritance. But the church, for some reason, the church is satisfied being in the corner, eating from the crumbs that fall from the wealthy's table. But yet the wealthy are living out your inheritance because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible says the gold is God's and silver is God's. Amen. I remember I had a guy come to me one time, and this is years ago. And he said, well, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Well, fine, it's fine. Stay poor. And I don't say that to be mean. But you can't change people's minds. And some people just want to argue. Well, I'm not going to argue anything. So I said to the guy, I said, well, come here, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to grab, let's, let's, let's pray Matthew chapter 18 and, and hold hands and we're going to pray. What do you want to pray? I said, no. I said, you don't believe in prosperity. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to agree, because God hears me always when I pray. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray God make you poor. 
Because if you don't believe in prosperity, well, the other side of the coin is poverty. Amen? Well, you can't say, well, I believe in prosperity to a point. Well, then, okay, well, then, well, then who's the one that determines what's good and what's bad? Who's the one that determines what's God and what's not? Who draws the line? People's thinking. But you know, he wouldn't pray with me for God to make him poor. So obviously you don't believe in it. See what happens? People, it's the mindset. And it's a trigger. Because it's a mindset. And it's a spirit of poverty. And I can tell you, one of the things that had to happen to me, in, in me is I had to get free from that spirit of poverty. Because you have to understand something. You ready for this? Write this down. You have to understand something. The same thing that will keep you from putting an offering in the offering bucket is the same thing that will keep you from pulling somebody out of a wheelchair. It's the same thing that keeps you from going to pray for somebody that's sick. The same thing that will keep you from putting an offering in the offering bucket is the same thing that will keep you from pulling somebody out of a wheelchair. Because one thing about God, He surely ain't pole. And I was that, I used to be poor when I was a kid growing up. Even though I grew up at the racetrack, my family drove race cars for a living. It was my dream to drive race cars, but my dad left when I was seven, so my mom had to get a job, and we had to live in the, we lived, I grew up in the projects from the time I was seven to about four or five years. I know what it's like to wake up and have no, no food to eat. I know what it's like to have nothing to drink, and the, and the water turned off, and the electricity turned off because mama couldn't pay the bills. And that gets in you. That gets in it. You develop a mindset that way. And I got to where, man, it was everything, everything, if it wasn't, I had to buy used stuff because it was a waste. Buy something new. Well, why buy something new? And just want you to save $50. Buy something new. Uh, Ma'am, your baby's fine. Your baby doesn't bother me. I promise you. Crying babies don't bother me. Snoring saints do, but crown babies don't mind. <laughs> I'd rather have the noise of a nursery anyway than the deathly silence of a graveyard. Uh, Praise God. Yes, amen. Charles Finney made that statement. And so, that, they're, they're, so I had to get free in that area for God to use me in miracles. Because understand something, when the anointing of God comes, blessings come. And when God blesses you, He doesn't bless you for you to cord. He blesses you to release. That's why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because you can only receive a multiplication on what you give. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm looking at a bunch of wealthy people here tonight. Yes. Now some of, you, some of you might open up your bank account, your checkbook, and it doesn't, in the natural it doesn't say that. 
Because it's not about the natural. It's not about the natural. It's not about the natural. Because let me tell you something, everything changes. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how hard it is. I mean, I do care. But what I'm saying is I don't care that the situation's so bad. Why? Because everything changes. Everything changes. No, everything changes. The man, the man who was laid at the gate called beautiful for 40 years. Guess what? All of a sudden, one day the church came by, and 40 years he struggled because he was crippled. All of a sudden, the church came by, boom, just like that, it changed. Just like that's how it's going to be with you. Just like that, boom, changing. Because he's a God of the suddenlies. Amen? I tell you, the hand of God is on this. Are, are you two married? You, uh, yes, you two. Are you married? I tell you, the hand of God's on you. I tell you, the hand of God. God's going to, you watch and see what God does in your life this week. You, you, people around you are going to know, they're going to come to you and say, what happened? Watch and see. God, watch and see what God does in your life this week. Never the same. I see the anointing of God on people. Get ready to rejoice. You, right now you're rejoicing in faith. Now you're going to get ready to rejoice because the manifestations have been manifested. Oh, hallelujah! Never the same. That's why I asked them. I said, are you married? Because I, I asked now. I mean, I was in Indiana one time and I asked this guy, I said, sir, is this, is this your wife? He goes, no, it's my son. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so I ask. <laughs> I ask now. <laughs> What's your name, sir? Yeah. Nathan. What's your name, ma'am? How long y'all been married? That's usually it's the man that looking at the woman, asking. How long you been married? Struggles coming to an end. God's, I just know God's heard your cry. Get ready. I'm just telling you. I don't know you, but I know the spirit of God, and I see the anointing upon you. And you just get ready. You get ready. Get ready. There's going to be a lot of people get very jealous of you two. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not ready to swing from the rafter myself. Hallelujah. If I take off running, just follow me. Hallelujah. Glory to my, I feel it. Glory to God. <laughs> I know people think, what kind of dance was that? Well, that's the, that's the hills of Kentucky. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Have you found Jeremiah 29? <laughs> if you haven't found it by now, forget about it. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Jeremiah 29. Hallelujah.
You know, the Bible says here, just look at, just look at verse 11. Look what the Bible says here. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Do you know God has thoughts towards you? The Bible says God has thoughts towards you. Do you want to know what kind of, listen, I can tell you by scripture how many thoughts that he thinks towards you. Because the Bible says in Psalms 139 that God's thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand. Think about it. Think about all the grains of sand. Think about all the sand in the ocean floor. Think about all the sand on the beaches. Think about all the sand in the desert. Do you know just one cubic inch of sand, there's one billion grains of sand? Just one cubic inch. But in Psalms 139, God says, listen, that his thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand. Well, what kind of thoughts are they? Well, he says here in verse 11, it's on the screen. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Well, what kind of thoughts are they? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end, or some translation says, to give you a, a future, a promised great future. So you want to know how God thinks? Yeah, but Brother Richard... God must be upset because he doesn't know all my life and the mistakes I've made. Even being a Christian, I've just messed up so many times. The Bible says God's thoughts toward you aren't evil. Even with all your mistakes, and God's thoughts still aren't evil toward you. Amen? I had a lady, a lady in uh, Concord, New Hampshire, I had a revival there in Cognitive, New Hampshire. We was only going to go three nights, ended up going three weeks. Matter of fact, the whole, if you know anything about New England, there's six states in New England with the Concord Monitor, which is a major news, it's like the New York Times or whatever. It's a major news, it's not a community newspaper, it's a major newspaper. I remember there was somebody, I saw somebody came was in my meeting, and I saw them writing, and then they took pictures and asked if they could, you know, do a story on us, and I said, sure. Well, on, on Sunday morning, because it's a big, thick newspaper, I wake up and somebody slid a newspaper outside my door. 40, 000, front page, $40,000 worth of advertisement free. Big, bold letters capitalized. I still got the newspaper. It read, and I had a picture of me praying for somebody and somebody on the floor. And it read, across the headline, drunk in the spirit. And when that, hell, when that hit, we had to move buildings. People, people from all six states of New England came. And there was this one lady there who came, and she got totally sick for a matter of fact, the power of God hit her. And people had left. It's like one in the morning, people had left with the two of the ushers were waiting for her to get up. Finally, they thought, you know, we're going to be here all night. So they tried to get her up. She couldn't get her up. She's drunk in the Holy Ghost. So they picked her up and put her in a wheelbarrow. They will build her out to her car. <laughs> and they didn't want to get into her purse or anything, so they just dropped her off at a, right beside her car. 
She stayed there for like to 2.30 in the morning. But she came back the next night, testified how free she was. That night, what did she see? The, thanks, the thoughts God thanks towards you. They're not evil. They're not evil. She said, I was on 21 different medicines. They were re really all the medicine was to hide the shame and the guilt. Because as she was saved, she, she, she messed up and got pregnant. And then she had an abortion. And then she just lives in guilt and shame. But that night, the fire of God came on her. And she, she can't testify. She's so set free. Why would God do that? Because his thoughts toward us, even though we made mistakes, his thoughts toward us aren't evil. They're good. They're good. It's us that like to moral and like to live in the mistake in the past. But I can promise you, you keep leaving there, you keep living there, you can never go, you can't go forward looking back. And, and many people do. Amen? It's time to go free. Matter of fact, in the name of Jesus, if there's, if there's anybody here, there's shame in your life, the shame goes tonight. The shame goes tonight. The guilt goes tonight. And it goes back to hell where it comes from. Shame goes back to hell. Shame off you in the name of Jesus. Guilt off you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, my brother, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, 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 stop. You just don't know who the Father is. God's goodness is far greater than your mistakes. Amen? That's why he's a good God. And his thoughts towards you is to give you a great future, the Bible says. Every single one of you. Notice there's no age on that. Notice he didn't say if you don't make any mistakes. Don't you think God knew we was going to make mistakes? That's not a license to do wrong. Amen? Like some people teach now, that you can live any way you want to want because you're saved. Now, understand something. You can't, you can't live wrong and die right. Amen? Jeremiah. So he says here, Honey, just pull up, just, just pull up Jeremiah. I, I, I just want to stay on this for a minute. Just pull up Jeremiah. 2911 in the New Living Translation. Or you can put it on the screen, actually. Put it on the screen. If you get it up there in five seconds, I'll give you $100 out of Pastor Joe's wallet. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Where's she see how fast they got? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> this is what he says here. I was looking for the scriptures, but this is still good. It's all good, but he, uh, he says here, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not 
for disaster. He says here, to give you a future and a hope. Amen? Amen. So, so people... So people like to, 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 with their thinking in their mind, like to stay there, that, that, that point of, the place of mistake. And you got I don't want to keep dwelling on this, not even in my notes. Bob is just for somebody. Yeah. Understand you're a brand new creation. Yeah. Because understand something, if the blood of Jesus can't wash you from your mistake and free you in your mind of that shame and guilt, that's not that powerful. That means that your mistake is stronger and greater than the blood. Oh, but it's not. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, it never loses its power. Oh, the blood of Jesus flows to the highest mountain and to the lowest valley. It never loses its power. It washes clean. And it frees every soul from sin, from guilt and shame. And he gives you a future. And he gives you a hope. Oh, hallelujah. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Come on, your greatest days are ahead of you. No, church, get it in the Holy Ghost. Grab a hold of this with your spirit. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Your greatest days of prosperity are ahead of you. Oh, hallelujah. Because something's happening this week. Something's happening right now. So I, I, I just, I, I, so verse 12, or verse 13. I love this, this verse. Notice what he says here. Well, I like verse 12. Let's read verse 12 too. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Verse 13. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Yes. Notice what he says here. And you shall seek me. Notice this verse has everything to do with us, not, not with God has everything to do with us seeking Him. He said, if you seek me, you shall find me. When you search for me with all your heart. One translation reads, seek me and I'll give you the privilege of finding me. Think about it. God Himself, the God of glory, the God who created the world out of nothing, the God who has no beginning, the one who has no time. The one who created the stars with his breath. The one who caused the sun to stand still. The one who caused water to come out of a rock. Said, 
you seek me, you'll find me. When you search for me with all your heart. It's a tragedy in the body of Christ to not seek him. All of our days we should seek him. And there's different ways to seek him. We'll get in some of those ways. But it's all about finding him. But it starts with the heart that has to be hungry. And you show me a man that's hungry for God, and I'll show you a man that can't be stopped. You show me a man that's hungry for God, and I'll show you a man that won't compromise. That won't comply with the government. Amen? One thing COVID did, COVID, COVID revealed that where the church is. And I'm going to say this in the name of Jesus. If you're here and you've been vaccinated, I'm going to pray this week that that anointing of God destroys that yoke. And gets all that nonsense out of you. Get all that poison out of you. Amen? And fear hit the body of Christ. It's amazing the people got in fear. The only reason you'd wear a mask is because of fear. Or you're traveling on an airplane and had to. I had to because that's the only time I wore it. I didn't wear it outside. Wouldn't wear it outside. But I still had to preach the gospel. Now I would have drawn the line if they would have, because they were trying to do vaccination mandates to make everybody be vaccinated before they can fly. Well, then I, I would have never flew. I just believe God to translate me everywhere. Because we are the church. Our God is supernatural. I mean, He is El Shaddai. I mean, 48 times in the Word of God, He's declared Himself as the God that's more than enough. Either He is or He's not. Oh, Hallelujah! Amen? Yes. The, only reason, the only reason somebody put on a mask is because of fear. Or because, you know, they worked a job, you worked a job, you had to work, and, and they, you know, made you wear one. But to, but to wear one for any other reason is totally fear. Absolutely. You see people in the car. I saw somebody just here just last year. I was pulling out of the went to the golf store and I was pulling out and here's this, here's this lady got a, got, a ma- got a mask on got a face shield on and gloves on and in the car with the windows up by herself that's fear no that's fear and I know we all laugh about it but it's a shame that people live in that much fear The Bible says God hasn't given us this. If you're born again, washed in His blood, a spirit of fear should not be in your life. No fear of anything should be in your life. Fear of nothing. Hello? It's amazing little fears. People, some have people, people have fears getting on the elevator. Well, you need to, you need to, guess what? You need to get authority, take authority over that and break that power over your life. No fear in any area of your life. Because Christians don't fear. We don't fear nothing. Because understand, we're, we're, we're born of God. We are born of El Shaddai. We have His life. We have His nature. 
We've been set free by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Amen? Fear, what's that? That was not a part of my life. Amen? Hallelujah. And my pastor, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, he's also one of my best friends. He was here. I, as a matter of fact, I came with him when he was here, what, a year ago, two years ago? A year and a half ago? Two years ago. I remember I sit right here. The place was packed. And he went to jail because he wouldn't comply. He went to jail because he wouldn't compromise. First pastor arrested in 150 years in America. Think about it. Think about that. In America, they arrest a pastor for having church. In America. And we think, listen, if you think America is a Christian nation, then quit smoking that stuff. <laughs> it's not. Because a Christian nation doesn't kill babies. A Christian nation doesn't ban the name of Jesus from being mentioned in school. A Christian nation doesn't take prayer out of school. A Christian nation doesn't tell pastors to shut their church down. Amen? And he got arrested. After 40 minutes, they released him. <laughs> then, then, then they called him. The city called him. Matter of fact, the same, the, same, the same city that had him arrested just last year is the same city that gave him a award for not shutting his church down. <laughs> talking, about, talking about confusion, talking about devils. Wait a minute, three years ago you arrested him. Now you're giving him an award for not shutting his church down. <laughs> and yet they called him, and they, and they I mean, I mean he, had, he had the most high-powered lawyers in America calling him because they knew they had a case it was impossible for them to lose because they broke the law. The Constitution is the law of the land. Yeah. Amen. Amen? If you've ever been, at PP, ever been in the military, been in the military, you swear to protect the Constitution, not the flag. That's the law of the land. Amen? And they called and they begged him not to sue. You know why? Because they knew they broke the law. And they said to him, you can go back to having church. You don't have to wear masks. You don't have to social distance. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was a plague. During the COVID, people just lost all common sense. Going to a restaurant, you have to have a mask on, but sit down, you can take your mask off. Because COVID's so smart, it knows the difference if you're sitting down or if you're standing. It knows the difference if you're just walking around or if you're eating. Yet, they didn't close Walmart down. Or as in Kentucky, we call it the Redneck Macy's. They didn't close Walmart down. They didn't close the liquor stores. They didn't call, close the weed dispensaries. Nor did they close the abortion clinics. Hello. I'm just thankful in my state that my governor, my, our governor declared golf an essential sport. We had to do it. <laughs> 
No, he did. No, he did. Had a good governor just for that reason. Hallelujah. But yet, it's fear that hit people. I was focused on the fear, not the COVID. And yet, when my pastor had an encounter with God, the fire of God came into his room. Only lasted, I can't remember, just a few seconds, but it seemed like a lifetime. Because there's no time in the Spirit. And he said, he, he said he saw the fire come around the corner. He's laying in bed. His wife's sitting over in the, other, in, in the room working. It's like 2 in the morning. He's laying there. I think he shared it when he was here. The fire of God came and hit him. And began to prophesy. Then he saw the world, and he saw like a cloud over the world. He saw the hand of God taking the cloud and move it. But the cloud wasn't COVID. The cloud was the fear. Amen? We don't live in fear. No, we don't live in fear. The Bible says it's a spirit. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but the Bible does say he's given us a spirit of power. Of love and a sound mind. Amen? Those three things. Power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. And during COVID, people lost their minds. Power, love, and a sound mind. We are Christians. How do we operate? We operate by power. We operate by love. We operate by a sound mind. Amen? Not by fear. I can tell you right now, I promise you, listen to me. If you make any decision based on fear, it's the wrong one. If you do anything based on fear, it's the wrong one. Amen? That's not how the righteous live. Four different times in the Word of God, the Bible says the just. As I said earlier, that word just is right. The righteous live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. And when the world sees us, we should be marked. We should be marked by our fire for God. We should be marked by our passion for Jesus. We should be marked by our prosperity. We should be marked by our life. Not by what's not. Amen? Well, Brother Richard, how's all that manifested? I'm glad you asked because you're in the right place at the right time. Because it all starts by you getting hungry for God and coming after God with all of your heart. And God said, if you seek me, and he said, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Go with me to... Well, look, before you go, look at verse 14, the very first part of verse 14. Then he says, I'll be found of you, saith the Lord. So you can see it this way. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I'll be found of you. That means everywhere you go, God's found there. No, that means everywhere you go, God's found there. No, not, not just because you talk about it, because they experience it in your life. Because you carry Him. You carry the glory. You carry the anointing. You carry His presence. 
We're carriers of the glory of God. The manifestation of the Holy Ghost is not really for the church. The manifestation of the Holy Ghost is for the world. Because we're to go forth in the name of Jesus, boldly proclaiming the gospel and having signs and wonders and miracles everywhere we go. That's why he said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's why he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. You'll take authority over Satan and over the kingdom of darkness. You will enforce his defeat. Amen? God has not called us here to just make it. God's called us here to occupy. That's why you have to come into a revelation of who you are in Christ. Because understand something. Jesus didn't come here to give us a better version of our old life. He came to give us a brand new life. Oh, hallelujah. And it's a life filled with his glory. Baptized in fire. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Walking in faith. Walking in our righteousness, our right standing with God. Knowing who we are in God. Not taking no for an answer. Not compromising. In love with Jesus. Till the world sees that we're passionate about our love for Him. Amen? He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Oh, you I'm not ashamed. If you know what he did in my life, you wouldn't be ashamed either. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And all it takes is just one person coming into a revelation of who they are and being bold. One person can change everything. One person. Because you're not a natural man. You're a spiritual man. You live in a natural body, but we don't live by our flesh. We live by our spirit. You can make a difference. I remember one time I was coming home from, I think it was Russia. I was coming home and flew into New York City. And I don't like New York. I don't like Kennedy Airport. But I flew in and, and all the planes came in at one time. And there was a bunch of rows that were open because you had to get the luggage and then go through customs. And, and so a bunch of, there's thousands of us down there. It's like one aisle like this opened. And so it took me like, I was maybe from here to the wall and I had my luggage and the, the cart. And it would be like this. And I'm still, you know, the Lord's still helping me with patience. Tell the Lord all the time, Lord, I need patience and I need it now. Especially <laughs> <laughs> as I was walking, just like this. How many else the Lord's helping you with patience? Especially people driving slow in the fast lane. <laughs> so I was walking. And I finally got from like, like from here to the pole was the aisle. And the Agents come out, custom agents. Lady came out and said, I need everybody on this side and everybody on this side to 
go to the back. And everybody goes, oh, something happened to this Kentucky boy. I shouted, no, I'll not go to the back. It took me 45 minutes to get here. I've been overseas and I'm going home and I'm not missing my flight and I'm not going to the back. I'm going to go through this aisle right here. And I said, if you people would have been so inept, you would have had more lines open. And I'm not going to the back. I noticed the pastor that was with me was doing like this. And the agent even asked him, so are you with him? He goes, no, I don't know him. I'm like, you lying dog, you. But I said, I'm not going to the back. But you know what it did? It's, it, it, it caused everybody behind me to get bold. Because they go, yeah, we're not going to the back. So now everybody's, you know what, I'm moving. We're going through. Now you see, like it's like, all the ants come out. You know, you ever kick the anthill, they all come out. All the agents come out. And in the head, calm down, calm down. We're going to open up the other aisles. Calm down. You don't have to go to the back. Just took one person. How I, that was just me in the natural. And I'm normally not that way. But I was just tired. And I've been up for three days. And I want to go home. Amen. I always want to go home, sleep in my bed. Amen? Amen. I was tired of hearing placebo, placebo, placebo. <laughs> it's thank you in Russian. <laughs> I just want to go home. I'm not, no, honestly, I'm not normally like that. But, but you know what? It's, it's amazing when you're desperate what you'll do. It's amazing when you're desperate. No, it's amazing when you want something bad enough what you'll do. And that's the problem. Most people, most Christians settle. They think it's wrong to fight. No, it's wrong not to fight. So there's a fight called the fight of faith, the good fight. It's a good fight. I'm not talking physically in the natural. Because you have to understand, we are in this world. Satan is the god of this world. We are under a Luciferian system. Amen? But we overcome because Jesus overcame. We overcome the system. We overcome the world. Because he already has overcome the world. God just expects us to exercise our authority. He expects us to exercise our right. Instead of complying. No, exercise your authority. No, in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit from hell. No, you get out. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You foul spirit of infirmity. Get out of my body. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You foul spirit of poverty out of my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Especially when you're doing what you're told to do. Especially when you give when God tells you to give. And you do everything right. 
Amen? Use your authority. That's why Jesus said, whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's why, he said, that's why he said, pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. That we might know, we might see what is his inheritance, what the glory of his inheritance, his riches are. And what this power to us who believe is. The power that raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and his power and might and dominion never name that his name. Not only in this world, but the one that's coming. You understand who you are? You're the church. And Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, get your hands off my finances. Get your hand off my business. Get your hand off my kids. Get your hand off my house. Get your hand off. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Je- the fire of the Holy Ghost. Shaka in the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name. In the name, fire, fire, fire of God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thakaropa. It takes me about three days to get out of the introduction. We're still in it. Hallelujah. But. I tell you, life in Christ, I'm telling you right now, there will be people, some of those of you here, those who come this week, years from now, you'll come back and you'll say that this is the week it all changed for me. This is the week it all changed. Amen? This is the week I had an encounter. This is the week I had an encounter. And, and, and it's more than just you getting the word. Come on. It's about you having an encounter with God. Paul said, my gospel didn't come in word only. But it came in power and demonstration. Power and demonstration. Well, how do we have it? It has to understand something. It has everything to do with us. Seek me and you'll find me. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, you know it's just going to happen. Not what he said. Draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh to you. Seek me and you'll find me. I can give you a bunch of more scriptures. Notice that all the scriptures that God's saying has everything to do with us coming after him. You know why? Because he already came after us. And God won't override your will. No, he's a good God. God won't override your will. He won't make you do something. He won't, that's, why, that's why he allows people to go to hell. He don't want some people to go to hell. But he won't, because, because he's so good, he won't override your will. He'll let people stay poor. He'll let people stay sick. He doesn't want you to. He made provision to be free from all of it. 
through his death, burial, and resurrection. Do you realize, let me say it to you this way, do you realize that God doesn't see one person here sick? God doesn't see one person here defeated. God doesn't see one person here poor. You know why? Because God sees us through the eyes of redemption. Because the Bible says that he took our sin and he laid it upon Jesus. God himself took our sin. All the sin of mankind. All sin. You name the sin, God took it and he placed it upon Jesus. He took our disease and put it upon Jesus. That's why the Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. He took our life, he took our nature, he took our sin, and he placed it upon Jesus. And Jesus went to the cross for you and I after he was scourged 39 times. So much so that you couldn't tell if it was a human or not. That's why the Bible says, that the Bible says in the book of Psalms that Jesus said, my bones, they stare at me. Because all flesh was ripped from him. And he picked up his own cross and he hung there for six hours. Said seven things. The last thing he said, it's finished. Then he went to hell for you and I. Then as he was in hell, stripping Satan, taking back the keys. He wasn't there being tormented. He was there taking back and redeeming you and I. That's why the Bible says he made a show. He made a show of Satan openly. And he triumphed over him. And made a show of him openly. And the moment God declared you and I righteous, he raised him from the dead. And set it in his own right hand. Oh, hallelujah. And those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be washed in the blood, shall receive a new life, the life and the nature of God. Hallelujah. You don't belong to the world. The world has nothing in you or on you. Hallelujah. It's time to come up higher. It's time to come up higher, church. It's time to come up higher. And there's going to be an increase this week, not just in the church, but it, and when I say the church, understand, I'm not necessarily talking about the church made with brick and mortar. I'm talking about you, the church. Amen? This is a building. And understand something, this building is not here for people. This beer, listen to me very closely. This building is here to accommodate the Holy Ghost, not people. It's not a religious, this is not a religious institution. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. 
It's good. Put it on the screen, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> Look what he says here. But put on the whole verse. I'm sorry, that is the whole verse. But put on verse 6. I thought you were in verse 6. Put on verse 6. Now listen to what he says here. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now that's not really what I want to focus on right now. We'll do that later. But that's not what I want to, I don't want to focus on, the faith. But notice what he says here. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. I mean, if you need healing in your body, you have to believe God's a healer. He's a, if you need deliverance, he's a deliverer. Those who come to God must believe that he is. But here's what I want you to see. Now listen. And that he is a rewarder. Everybody shout rewarder. rewarder. He is a rewarder of them that what? Those of him that what? Those of him that diligently seek him. That's not diligently seeking. It's not just coming to church on Sunday morning. Hello? I can see the diligent folk because they're here on Wednesday night. I can see the hungry people. Because only hungry people come on Wednesday night, especially when you start a service on Wednesday night. Hungry people come on Wednesday. A lot of time on Sunday morning, you get hungry people come Sunday morning as well. But a lot of time you just get all the people that come, they think, you know, they're doing God a favor and they're, putting, they're doing their duty because it's Sunday morning, you've got to go to church. That's the wrong reason to go to church. Then you got those who, well, I don't go to church, you know. My church is online. Shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> That's not church. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Amen? As a matter of fact, people, they even say they watch online. They don't watch online. They get up and go to the bathroom about five times. They go up and fix them, you know, fix them some biscuits and gravy or Oh, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in Pennsylvania. They don't fix biscuits. Whatever. <laughs> fix hamburgers. Go go fix them a, go go fix them a Philly cheesesteak or something. Go fix them an omelet. Take out the dog. He ain't going to church. That ain't church. You're wondering how come you're struggling. You still want to blame it on COVID. No. You're not doing what the Bible says. You can't just live any way you want to live. Allie, exactly, really what, what people are showing is Jesus isn't Lord. Because understand something, when Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over everything you do. When Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over the friends you keep. When Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over the things you do. He's Lord over the things you watch. Come on, he's Lord over the things you read. Come on, church. He's Lord over your bank account. He's Lord over the things you give. Come on, church. He's Lord over everything. Amen. And we've gotten to the place in church that people think God's some lucky charm. Amen? He, he's, he, God's, he's not your genie in a bottle. He just, whenever you just live the way you want to live and just rub it and poof there. That's not how, that's not how this works. Come on, church. That's not how this works. Either, either, either you're sold out or you're not. Either you're, either you're in love with him or you're not. 
Amen? And Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Amen? It's our love for Christ. Listen to me. It's our love for Christ that even causes our faith to work. Amen? And if your faith ain't working, then you're not pleasing God. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. That's what the Bible says. Because it's all about eternity. And we'll get more into it this week, but understand something. Everything in this life is about eternity. And one of the things that's changing, but one of the things that saddens me is that most Christians, and even a lot of ministers, they're not eternity-minded. And it's amazing how they'll just come to church and leave church just like, just like, like that. And they want to lie and say, well, the Lord's moving me on. No, He's not. I was an associate pastor for two years in upstate New York. Then God delivered me. Now I'm on the road, but now I'm... No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was all... Any Italians here? How many Italians do we have here? A couple of you. I was, I was all Italian church. All Italians. Matter of fact, I left there talking like this. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. I'm serious. I walked there. It's like that got on me. I'd talk like this. I'm like, stop. <laughs> I, we ate, I ate Italian food every day for two years. Almost every day. My blood turned into ragu sauce, I think, or something. Man. <laughs> And I remember this man came to me. Well, Brother Richard, you know, we're leaving the church. I'm like, I'm like oh, God, why now? He said, no, no, brother, we love the church, Brother Richard. But you know, I got, a, I got a promotion. And I have to move three hours away. And now, you know what, Brother Richard? God so bless me, I'm going to make double the money. Wah, wah, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Money's not your God. And if you make a decision based on money, then money's your God. Money's not your God. You control money, it doesn't control you. And he said, oh, Brother Richard, I'm going to be able to buy, I'm going to be able to buy my wife a dream home. Well, that's great, but wrong motive. I'm going to be able to get a boat and we do family time and uh, give all my kids and my wife the dream life. Well, look, that's a great thing and nothing wrong with that. But go about it the right way. So I said, don't leave. I said, because you're making a decision based on money. I said, is there a church there? Oh, no, Brother Richard, there's not a really good church there, but we're strong Christians. Wah, wah, wrong answer. I said, don't leave. We get mad at me. And I, I left sometime after that. I come to find out that guy, three years later, he's divorced. He got the big house, got the double the money. Three years later, he's divorced. His 14-year-old daughter, or 16-year-old daughter is pregnant. His 14-year-old son's on drugs. Why? Because he didn't make his decision based on eternity. See, parent, listen to me very closely, parents. Everything you do, ask yourself the question, when I do what I'm about ready to do, how's this going to affect my, how's this going to affect my kids' eternity? Getting them out of church is going to affect their eternity. 
Amen? Don't you think God's big enough to give you, a, give you a, a raise twice as much or three times as much here? You don't have to move out of town to go somewhere where there's not a good church. Come on, church, your spiritual life, your spiritual work should be top priority. Not your fleshly desires. And so many people make things out of their fleshly desires. Amen? Hallelujah. It's all about eternity. It's all about eternity. This life means nothing. It's so short. It's so, the, Bible says, the Bible says your life's but a vapor. Here one moment, psh, gone the next. Even if you live to be 100 years, which I think like 1% to 2% of the people in the world live to be 100. Even if you live to be 100 years, on the timeline of eternity, you won't even show up. And your life in heaven, understand something, when we're in heaven, we won't all be equal. Your life in heaven is determined by how you live your life here. And one day, every single one of us are going to stand before God and give an account of our life. Every one of us. That's why you take this seriously. Amen? Listen, I want everybody here, I want you to receive your reward. Because there's two judgments. There's the, there's the great white throne judgment. People are, that are that one, they're doomed for eternity. They're damned for eternity. Then there's the judgment seat of Christ. Or you could call it the reward seat of Christ. It's where we receive our rewards for what we do in this life. That's why I tell people, don't get caught up. And it's very easy for the world to get you caught up in a cause. Don't get up in, caught up in a cause. Get caught up for the advancement of God's kingdom. Not some cause. Because the cause means nothing. Only thing to do is make people slap you on the back and give you accolades in this life. But as Christians, everything we do, we do for the kingdom. Everything we do for the kingdom. Now, along with that, it's going taking the good news to the people. And yes, we feed the poor and we help the poor. Come on, we do all that. But we don't get caught up in causes. Our cause is the advancement of the kingdom of God. Our cause is heaven. And laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Amen? Not on the earth, treasures on heaven. And I don't know about you, when I get to glory, I want all of them. I know there's five crowns available. I want all the crowns. Even one of the crowns is a martyr's crown. I'll take that one too. You mean, Brother Richard, you allow yourself to be a martyr? Absolutely. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'm not going to feel anything anyway. Let them burn me at the stake. I won't even feel anything. Let them stone me. I promise you, the Bible says Stephen was in the glory. You think he felt those rocks? Absolutely not. I can tell you testimony after testimony of people that were martyrs felt nothing. Come on, you, every, every disciple except for, for uh, Judas was a martyr, or John, but they tried to martyr him. Listen, you don't die for something that's not real to you. And every one of them was a martyr. And the Bible says here that God is a rewarder 
Because, see, we got to change this mind because we got this mindset in the church. Understand, Jesus didn't come just to, just to save us from hell and give us entrance into heaven. No, he came to give us this life, in this life, to give us his life. And in this life, he said, if you seek me, you'll find me. In this life, he said, if you call on me, Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll answer you. And he said, not only will I answer you, I'll show you great, and I'll show you mighty things that you know not. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I, the word diligently, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Here's what it means. It means to seek out. It means to zealously seek for something with all of one's heart. It means strength and might. It conveys the idea of being hardworking, meaning in your search. Attentive, busy, constant, and persistent. It's one devotion to what he or she is doing. And our, what is it that we're, our, our devotion is doing? That we're hard after God. Seeking him. Amen? And we all, every one of us, need to up our game in this area. Every one of us. Amen? Doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy life. It's just God's first. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong, local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.